Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. trying to reach you. You're tougher to get than the president. Well, I've been busy. Yeah, at least you could do is return my phone calls, though. Listen, thank you. Lloyd, what's that about? The show I don't started? know what you're talking about. We're ready to go. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your subtle drops that you play, well, you're not so subtle drops. Oh, my drops are subtle? What are you are, talking about? very, very passive-aggressive. Great clip from Casino. Tougher to get a hold of than the president. Oh, man. How you doing? You good? I'm doing good, Scotty. How's Vegas? Vegas is delightful. I went. Uh, I uh, flew out early this morning, got in. Um, the hotel I'm at was kind enough to give me a little early check-in, so got all set up, and I had a little extra time, so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to get me a Coke Zero, maybe a little bag of cashews, and guess how much that's... Where, wait, and where are you? In Vegas. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm at the stadium right now. Is where I'm at. What is the? <laughs> you know, that's a sound effect from when PK was when they're the, doing. A, is yes. that the exact effect? That oh. was during Pac-12 Media Day. Oh my god! No, I thought it was a. I thought it was a game. Like I thought he said he was at a stadium. Oh, maybe it was the Pac-12 championship. I think it was like we we. We're like, hey, let's go live to the stadium. Joining us now, Patrick Kenny. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, it's so funny. So, um, you got you're on the call tonight, right? Uh, it's coming up tomorrow night. I got in. Like, I was gonna drive after the show, and um, and uh, but 
came in, told me that would be a bad idea. And so... <laughs> So I actually the only the cheapest flight I could get out was early this morning. Man, and you're really so, a you're a real go getter. Okay, I did it because look, I didn't want to get stranded in the middle of uh, the canyon. Did you, you know? Did it, you take your no. Did you take your clubs <laughs> and your but wife? Like, we know some people that <laughs> like to get places early. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I'm being attacked here. No, you're not. We love you. We're just I feel, kidding. I feel like I'm being attacked. We're just kidding. This is the, it, we, Lloyd. Lloyd had a fun idea. And now, now look. Oh, I could. Yeah, but Lloyd had a fun idea. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You know, I could have been like, oh, no, my flight's in the middle of the show. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I, can't, I know. I can't be on the air that day. So, you know, that's my bad. I am that grateful. wouldn't be the first time. I am grateful. Whoa, you, with you, me? You got up early and got her done. No. You got up early and got her done. The only time that happened to me, well, okay, that's happened to me a couple times, but you were on vacation on that Friday. Yeah. And I did have to divvy up the show. Oh, hands isn't here. I guess I'll, oh, boy, I got to get a... Apparently, I got to leave early. <laughs> hey, look! As long as I didn't, as long as it's not uh, impacting my guy, then it's probably a little. It's okay. Yeah, I didn't feel the repercussions of that one, so I'm grateful of that. So let me take a guess at this: Coke Zero in cashews in Vegas. I'm going to yep. say twenty ounce. Let me see here. Hold on. Yep, a little twenty ounce bottle of Coke Zero and a really small bag of cashews. I'm going to say. Eight dollars and fifty cents, almost on the dot. Eight fifty-eight. Woo! And by the way, I shot high. I took it two about two dollars higher than I was thinking, just because that's Vegas inflation. Yeah, uh, that's ridiculous. There's inflation, and then there's Vegas inflation. Vegas and- is pathetic. It's ridiculous. But I'm glad you're there. Going to be on the call, and I'm glad that you're. Avoid <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Lloyd, Scotty's going to kill you. Will you stop putting this on me? What are you talking about? I don't even have the buttons back there. Ah, boy. Sorry. Okay, stop pointing at me to to play things then. Sorry, you You have to knock it off. Scotty, I am not pointing at you, and Scotty knows that. Stop it. There you go again. No, I did not point. Hands, can you not point? I'm not pointing. I swear. Lloyd is just... By the way, that's not Scotty. That's not actual audio. Lloyd's playing no. audio from the booth. Yeah. I would I would never. I would never try to be on the air in the middle of a casino at the same time. Yeah, but how fun would that be? Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. Broadcasting from a table near you. Well, you were essentially for, was it Pac-12 media or championship game? You were essentially oh, in the middle of a casino at yes. the Mandalay? Yeah, at the Mandalay. Un- unbelievable place for sure. Unbelievable. So you've got uh, calls coming up tomorrow night, correct? Yeah, correct. Awesome. And if you, it, yeah, I'm just now starting to realize that, yeah, okay, I understand how it looks, but this was the best travel available at the time. <laughs> I am not doing that. I am not doing that. I, I told you those roads are bad. Get in the air. Get an early start. Yeah. And can, hey, when K Bank says you 
you better get moving. Well, yeah. You get moving. Remember, hey, we did the same thing. Lloyd and I had to drop everything and skedaddle. Lloyd yes. missed his son's birthday party. <laughs> he did. did. And we, <laughs> we had to get on the road at the 6 son? in the Papa's evening go. <laughs> to head to Vegas. We, we pulled Papa in needs a new pair of shoes. 1 o'clock in the morning. Was it Xavier or Jackie Blue Eyes? No, it was Xavier. Oh, it was so Xavier, yep. Yeah, he'll remember that birthday, too. Yeah, he like, will. Oh, I remember that time. Remember that time Kev- dead Kevin, U- Kevin Eubank kept my dad away from me. Thanks, yep. Kevin. Ruined it all. No. All right. A lot to get to on the program. David Locke's going to join us coming up a little bit later on the program. Uh, let's get to it, though. Starting lineup right now. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go! The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Starting lineup brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home of the award-winning line of America's standard furnaces and air conditioners. Call Lee's right now. You can still take advantage of that $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leaseheatac.com. Well, hands the whole Laker thing, this final push to get into the playoffs, it may be all for naught because it appears that LeBron James' injured right foot is going to take a moment to uh, heal up and he's going to miss some extended time. It's looking like it's going to be at least a couple of weeks, but it sounds like the Lakers are going to play it by ear as they watch how the team does through LeBron James' absence, they're obviously in a push to at least get into that 10 spot to have the play-in ability to find their way to the postseason. And as you said a couple of weeks ago, Lakers in the 8 after a play-in performance, the Denver Nuggets in a 1, LeBron healthy, Anthony Davis healthy, D'Angelo Russell healthy, Malik Beasley healthy. Um, Who else am I missing you throw in, uh, oh, you throw in Vanderbilt, yep. uh, Dennis Schroeder, who, whoever else is on that, that roster. Let's say they've got the full, healthy roster against a Denver Nuggets roster in a seven-game series. It's probably anybody's game. But as Scotty's mentioning, they're going to have to find their way into that 10 spot and an opportunity to a play-in, which I'm sure they wanted to avoid the play-in, but they're, they're not going to be able to avoid the play-in. They're only a half game out of the 10 right now. Yeah. So it's not like it's a, a, a long stretch to try to get them there. But you're going to be missing LeBron James for the, at least the next two weeks, but they're saying that they're going to assess it as they look at where they're at in their spots and, and the ability to get into the postseason. Um and I, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else on that roster. But uh, but still, if that roster – oh, uh, Hachimura. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And, and, and so that roster put together in, in an eight spot versus the Denver Nuggets in the one spot, I still think that's anybody's series. Uh, if, if the Lakers are healthy, yeah, absolutely. But that's the problem. Can't keep the Lakers healthy. So I wanted to throw a question at you because – we know where the Utah Jazz are right now. Yeah. They're committed to $90 million in salary in 2023. $90 million in salary in 2023. Now, the Lakers are only committed to $110 million in salary in 2023, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the books to, until the 24-25 season. LeBron will be has a player option in the 24-25 season at $50 million, 
and Anthony Davis has a player option in the 24-25 season at $44 million. Uh, outside of that, they don't have a single player on the book. So the Lakers are going to have some flexibility, but the Lakers have used up a couple of draft picks and most recently used up a draft pick to acquire Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley from the Utah Jazz and the Utah Jazz getting their first round pick that was slightly protected. So they're spending a little bit in order to secure this roster and see if they can make a push to get LeBron James another championship with the roster that I just mentioned. So, Scotty, my question to people is, whose position would you rather be in right now? A 38, almost 39-year-old LeBron James, Anthony Davis, who's never healthy, D'Angelo Russell. Now, D'Angelo's only one year on the book books, and we'll see what happens with him. But you've got Malik Beasley, who's got a team option coming up in 23-24. You've used up a couple draft picks. You don't have the assets or the cap flexibility coming up next year. Whose position would you rather be in right now? LeBron James injured, trying to make the postseason with an expensive roster. You're at $170 million in, 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 uh, in um, expenses. And you're trying to make that postseason or the Utah Jazz that they've got a couple of all-stars on the books. They're at $145 million in roster right now. A a, a very bright future. Whose position would you rather be in right now? Utah Jazz or the Los Angeles Lakers? So are we talking about this season or are we talking about, okay. This season. This season, uh, the Utah Jazz. Even with LeBron, even with Anthony Davis, LeBron's banged up. Anthony Davis um, is, if he's not banged up, will eventually be banged up. And the Jazz already are three games better than the Lakers. And I think the Jazz have an advantage in the lack of strength of schedule down the stretch, too. Is that crazy that the Utah Jazz at 31-31, and 31, sitting at 500 right now, have a couple game advantage over the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? That that is crazy, and I I know that there's injury issues and it's been all over the place. It just speaks to the mismanagement to me. Yeah, it feels like the Lakers are a mismanagement nightmare. Um, you know the Jazz and Lakers still have to play each other. Wow, look at this. Let's see the Lakers, Oklahoma City, Denver. Like so, the the Jazz will play the Lakers twice in April and in uh, mid to late March kind of the midpoint of March. Uh, and and it, I guess it starts essentially on this road trip coming up. The, the schedule is going to tighten up for the Jazz. Um, it's it's still pretty light until they hit Miami on the road. Then they've got Boston, Sacramento, Portland, Milwaukee, Sacramento again, Phoenix, um, and then uh, Boston. And then so that's a really tough, tough stretch. But before that and after that, the schedule is pretty light for the Jazz. And I would say that it would be without LeBron or without LeBron out for the next couple of weeks, bare minimum, uh, the Jazz certainly are in a much better position than Lakers. And let's be honest here, too. If you're LeBron and this and the Lakers aren't winning at a high clip while you're gone, which I think is fairly likely, then that two weeks could easily extend throughout the rest of the season because he's like, look, I don't want my name attached to this stretch run. If we're not going to make it, let's just shut it down and be done for the year. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I think that that's a great possibility 
for the Lakers. Yeah. Where LeBron is right now. And you've seen the frustration on LeBron's face through the season. And I get it. Some of the moves that they made, specifically the one with the Jazz to acquire Vanderbilt and Beasley, may have helped some areas. And you could see that the team was really actually starting to rally around Vanderbilt's energy. Yeah. And them going out and getting D'Angelo Russell, maybe that inspires something in scoring and the ability to, to really match and take some of the weight off LeBron. And they did put together the three-game winning streak against New Orleans, Golden State, and Dallas uh, after the trade deadline. Actually, since the trade deadline, if we want to be accurate, since the trade deadline, Scotty, they're 4-1. and one. Yeah. Um, that was going back. I think D'Angelo Russell's first game was against Golden State mm-hmm. coming out of the trade deadline on the 9th. So they are 4-1 and one since the trade deadline. They have definitely rallied and, and found uh, a level of success. But this LeBron injury is going to set them back a long ways. You know, you're looking at two weeks. You're going to be looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games until LeBron James is reassessed. That's the the verbiage that the Lakers have used. He'll be reassessed in two weeks, and depending on where they stand in regards to the postseason, is probably going to have some impact on what they end up doing with LeBron in two weeks. So if they get behind the eight ball, LeBron's going to be rushed back out onto the court, and he's going to finish. He's going to have to finish out approximately fifteen games to try to get the Lakers to the push to the postseason. In the meantime, the Utah Jazz have acquired all these assets. They're sitting in great cap position. They're not going to pay luxury. Next year, they've got approximately $70 million that they're going to be able to spend for the 23-24 season. <laughs> it's an amazing position for them to be in. Yeah. And then you've got the Lakers. That Who knows what's going to happen with Bronny? Did you see that Bronny James, LeBron James' son, Got a top 10 valuation for the 24 draft. <laughs> he got a top 10 rating for the 24 draft. Of course he did. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised with the Lakers position. If the Lakers struggle through this postseason or don't find their way to this postseason. In 24, with LeBron James and his and his um, player option, yeah, you're you're going to wiggle by to that. Le- LeBron's going to find his way to go play at least a year with his son yeah. at the age and, of 41 or whatever. And I think that's what happens. He plays a year, and then it's probably all she wrote for LeBron. So, right off in the sunset, go produce some movies, some documentaries, and that's probably about it. This is all she wrote for the Lakers, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. So... I'm taking the Utah Jazz. I I would rather be in the Utah Jazz shoes with with the likes of with the likes of you know Walker Kessler and Lowry Markinen and the current cap situation. I would much rather be in their position than the Lakers right now. Yeah, which is crazy to think they they've got LeBron James. And Anthony Davis. What a absolute nightmare 
for the Lakers. When you get LeBron and you get Anthony Davis, you think you're going to be stacking title upon title upon title. Yeah. And they did get one, although I think there's a big fat asterisk next to it. I in do, In terms too. of the, uh, the bubble. They got their one, but I do think that LeBron kind of waved the white flag on his career a little bit in move in in going to the Lakers in terms of like, okay, you know what? It was all about basketball. Now I'm moving to L.A. It's about media. It's about documentaries. It's about business. The Lakers, moving to the Lakers was not necessarily a winning move. It was a business move for LeBron James. I don't think it was – I don't think he took into consideration winning a bunch of championships. Uh, when when he uh, when he signed with the Lakers, I just don't think that's hmm. that's the case there. So you don't think he made that move thinking I'm going to put a couple more medals around my my neck? I think he hoped to, but I think there were better options in terms of competitiveness. Um, <sighs> had he decided to go somewhere else, but yeah, that's that that's just my opinion. I I think that he looked at big picture. And I think that his agency and, and he himself said, okay, what's, what's good for the LeBron brand, not necessarily LeBron the player? And that would be go to L.A. and play for the Lakers. Utah Jazz in 23-24, Scotty, coming up next year. Yeah. The 23-24 season. Man, they're in a good position. They are in a fantastic situation. So you've got four player options coming up for twenty three twenty four. Here's your four player options that you've got. Damian Jones has a two point five million dollar player option. Rudy Gay has a six point five million dollar player option. Taylor Horton Tucker has an eleven million dollar player option, and Jordan Clarkson has a fourteen point two million dollar uh, player option. I know that Clarkson is going to opt out of that. Clarkson yep. will absolutely opt out of his 14 because the insiders we've talked to, Clarkson probably going to be demanding somewhere between an 18 to $20 million contract, maybe on a three-year deal. It's kind of the projections on him at yeah. this point. Yeah, I think it? that's what we've talked to enough people. Somewhere between 18 to $20 million. So he'll opt out of that. You start opting out of those and you know, you're dropping into that $70 million on the books range. And you're you're paying seventeen million for Lowry marketing next year, seventeen million for Colin Sexton next year. You got Ochai Agbaji at four million next year, Kelly Olynyk at twelve million next year. You have got incredible cap space, an insane leverage, and a very good base. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking at the potential for the Utah Jazz. With everything that they'll have available, a ton of money and a lot of assets, we're looking at the Utah Jazz making a, a real, some real noise in the West yeah. next year. Well, and the other element to it, too, is the, the fact that, you know, the Lakers, if you look at long term, L.A. is a destination. I mean, we always talk about, well, you know, nobody can get the, somebody to come to Salt Lake City. Okay, well, that's true. Salt Lake City is not a high-level free agent destination. But what cities are? I mean, I think Dallas has struggled getting free agents there. Um, Houston has struggled getting free agents. Chicago has struggled. So there's really three places that I think allure high-level free agents. And that's L.A., 
New York, Miami. Those are the big three. That's it. And everybody else is struggling. So it's not just a Salt Lake problem. It's an everybody else problem. And so if you do look at long-term, when the Lakers do have some financial flexibility, they will be able to lure free agents because it's Los Angeles. That's that's a luxury the Jazz do not have. Um, And so if the Lakers have money, they can go out and get a max player or two max players and really turn things upside down very, very quickly. Uh, The Jazz don't have that, but the Jazz will be able to overpay if they get into a bidding war with somebody. You know, they'll have the financial ability, if it's not a max player, to give somebody a lot more than somebody else just based on their financial flexibility right now. The Jazz will have the ability to trade for pretty much anybody they want to trade for based on the assets that Danny Ainge has piled up in his war chest. So there are enormous advantages that the Jazz are working with right now. However... In terms of just the, like, hey, guess what? Lakers are offering you a max contract. We're also offering you a max contract. You're probably going to lose that battle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good point. All right. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I hope you're all having a tremendous uh, Tuesday. Um, Hans, coming up a little bit later on, David Locke will join us. We'll also chat um, and get the perspective in Atlanta, too. Quinn Snyder, the new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. just doesn't feel right, does it? But uh, we'll talk about that coming up in the 2 o'clock hour as well. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined right now by Shayan J. Raja, National College football writer for CBS Sports. We saw something last week that had BYU, the numbers showing last place. Please tell us it's not true. I would not bet on BYU to finish last. I think that this is a program that understands what they're getting themselves into. I think that despite some of the struggles of this past season, BYU's done a really good job of recruiting and identifying talent and developing. And I expect them to want again be a really competitive program. Now, I will say, there's not an obvious team that's going to finish at the bottom of the Big 12. That will be the one tough thing for these four teams that are joining the Big 12 is that there will be no easy outs any given week. But I would definitely not pick BYU as my first pick to finish at the bottom of the conference. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Cheer. Cheer, cheer. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Tuesday. Greetings from Las Vegas, where it is a balmy 50 degrees. Hands, did you get any snow last night? Nope. Because uh, when I left this morning, we had another, I think, eh, probably about two and a half, three inches. Bountiful had two or three when you left for the airport this morning? This morning, yeah. Lloyd, did you get any more? Uh, a light skiff. Yeah. Nothing too serious, though. Less we, than three inches. We haven't gotten any out there. We've got another system coming in, though, don't we? Well, that's the one that had me running scared to Vegas. So, yeah, I think you got another one coming in tonight. Just give me one minute. Just give me one minute. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, that's so funny. It's not really. It's not. <laughs> Oh, man, I am a little bit jealous. I'm going to pay for that really. later. I'm going to pay for that later. You know me. I'm not a big gambler guy. I'm not messing around with that stuff. About eight years ago, I'd have been really jealous, but Vegas is so disgusting now. So the hotel I'm staying in right now, which is – I've never stayed here before, and uh, I walked in, and it was – you know, I got into the hotel about 9.30 a.m., and I'm walking through the casino to get to the elevator, and – I see all these dealers just standing there. Nobody's there. You know, 930 is kind of the dead time. Everybody's, you know, trying to sleep off a hangover or whatever, you know, recoup from the night before. So all these dealers are standing around doing nothing. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll play a hand or two. And I'm looking. I walk by a blackjack table. And guess what? The cheapest in this hotel I'm staying at, the cheapest table I could find was $25 a hand. And nobody's playing. So, like, hey, let's knock it down a little bit. Like, come on, let's have some fun. Let's have a $5 hand. Let's go. And uh, But, no, nope. everything was 25 bucks a hand. Got go to go over to Old Town. Even then, it's 10 It's ridiculous. In Old Town. Hey, so they moved the Pac-12 Media Days to Vegas. I know, right? How about that? Uh, I don't know about that. That's going to be pretty hot. Hot in July. Oh, we're look, we're always down here in July for Mountain West Media Day, so... And he used to. We used I, to always. By the way, I love that it's in Vegas. You do? You don't like that? Well, I mean, I know you hate Vegas, but at least we can drive it. We don't have to pack everybody. You know, all of us sweating in a uh, in a plane going down to Los Angeles. It's a little bit easier to get down here. No, that that is true, and we don't have to deal with the LA traffic. Exactly. We don't have to take a shuttle. You know, around trying to find where the uh, Ubers are. Around the airport, several around times. the airport. Oh my gosh! That but hey, that made kids, for a great story. There's Big Ben. <laughs> we did so, have some good memories, that's the, for sure. The last thing I remember is hearing Jake Scott say, "Just follow Scott Mitchell," <laughs> and then we ended up on the tour of L.A. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get a nasty text because Jake was so mad on that trip. Oh my goodness! You don't oh. see angry Jake very often, but we saw a good little dose of angry Jake. We saw, and then we saw the, every edition of Jake. Yeah, I know. And then at the end of the day, we had really happy, fun Jake at the end of the day. Yeah. It was a wide range of emotions that day. Uh, Jake actually saw a former NFL quarterback in the airport. I can't oh. remember... Why are you doing this? Who he was yelling or what. I can't remember exactly how it went. Hey, everybody, that's an <laughs> NFL quarterback. <laughs> I, I love that guy so much. I absolutely love that guy. And that was one of my favorite trips all time. That Pac-12, because you sent the whole crew. Yeah, the whole crew. You and Nate shipped out the entire crew. And we 
laughed our ne- butts off. Honestly, I have not laughed that hard in a long time. That was as fun and entertaining as a trip as I've ever been on. From the minute we stepped foot in the airport <laughs> to the minute we all left the airport, it was just good fun. But I'm actually feeling like Vegas is probably the better option. Well, I look, I think that if you've got USC and UCLA leaving, they're like, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna hold it in your backyard anymore. We're gonna uproot this thing and send it to Vegas. Yeah. Kind of the epicenter, even though they don't have a team in Vegas. No. They know that it's kind of close to everybody regionally and it's an easy access in that international airport and plenty of hotel rooms. Nobody's gonna be fighting over hotel rooms, you would hope. No. Not not at that point in the year. No, July's not a uh you know Vegas isn't a huge destination location in July. You're you are correct on that. Uh, but it'll be great. Like you can hang around. We'll go to the Mountain West Media Day maybe a little bit later. That's usually I think the following week. So maybe we get Nate to let us just spend the whole week. We do a whole week of shows in Vegas. Man, that that is a great idea because we've Good got news that. is by hey, the way this uh, it's too hot there to golf. So there's there's no golf. That's turning not it true. into a golf thing. There are I think that uh, when we were at the Rock or not the Rocky Mountain Review the uh, the Vegas Summer League. Hands did sneak out like at one o'clock in the afternoon and played eighteen really? holes. Yes, that this is did happen. Hot. And and I refused to go with him. And he came back to the hotel room and you were um Yeah. Why do I see him looking like John Candy off of uh summer <laughs> summer rental? Where's the nag? <laughs> Where's the nag? Did you get hungry and eat it? No, yeah, that's like, off the great outdoors. Yeah. Or yeah. great outdoors, whichever. When he falls off the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the nag? Did you get hungry and eat it? Oh, ha, 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 Roman. (laughs) Uh, Pac-12 Media Days moving to Vegas next year or this upcoming summer. Excited for Pac-12 Media Days. Man, uh, we're going to have a topic or two. See if uh, Prime makes the rounds. Well, it being in Vegas. In fact, it's funny because when I heard that it was moving to Vegas yesterday after our show, the first thing I thought was, oh, he must have had a voice in where that move's moving to. Yep, yep. I could see Prime being like, if you're not bringing it here to Denver, we're going to Vegas. We're going to do Vegas. Okay, Mr. Prime. Yes, whatever you say, Prime. Whatever you want. Can't you see Klyovkov just being head over heels for for prime being a new coach in that league oh yeah absolutely i mean the one thing like kilovkov there's been some struggles here and i don't know who has it was it dennis dodd who put out a report today that he's hearing from coaches across the conference that the that the pac-12 is teetering on survival and uh another raised red flag as to this whole thing could be falling apart here soon yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but the one thing he does know, look, he's a Vegas guy. Like he, He's tied to the MGM. He has a lot of ties here in Vegas. They know how to do things right here. And so he's like, yeah, let's let's send it back to the uh, back to the old stomping grounds. That's, one th- that's a comfort level for him because that's one thing he knew and knew how to do well was run things here in Vegas. And so hopefully he can do the same thing. But I don't know, Hans, this is – if they don't have a new media deal knocked out here by the next week or two yeah. – if I'm Mark Harlan, and if I'm the AD at Arizona State and Arizona, uh, you know USC and UCLA are going to be just fine, but you got to worry about you here pretty soon. And I know they had the kumbaya, all for one, one for all um, statement that they released, but at some point you got to think, okay, look, 
we got to look out for ourselves here. And if this thing isn't going the way that we think it is, or or the commissioner's like, hey, you know, give me another few weeks. We're close. We're close. Like you said that last week, George. I need. We need some answers. Yeah. And you got the Big Twelve knocking down your door, saying, "Hey, come on over. We got plenty of money. We'll hook you up. We're good. <laughs> Let's go." It's going to be tough, yeah. and I could see, and look. I think there's already some fractures, and I think there's going to be more before it's all said and done. Depends on how transparent Klyovkov has been with the other presidents in this conference, too. If he's been very upfront, very transparent, showing the books, talking to them about the negotiations, and they have a good understanding of where they are, and he hasn't oversold and underdelivered, but maybe is underselling and is going to potentially over deliver even if you set that expectation saying it's not going to be big 10 it's not going to be sec we're going to push towards big 12 money but just understand we could come in under you know two or three million dollars under what the big 12 is making if he's setting the right standards scotty you and i have had different bosses in this industry over the last 16 18 20 years oh yeah and certain bosses have certain transparency where you know what you got to bill, you know what you're currently billing, you know where your numbers are, what your numbers need to be. And then there's other bosses that were not that way and didn't set the standard. And then all of a sudden you'd have this meeting and they're like, yeah, we're in a deadfall and it's over. And you're looking, not that we had that meeting, but what I'm saying is you've got different bosses in the way they manage it. I don't know how he's managing it. Yeah, But if I'm him, I'm talking to... Washington, Oregon, Utah, and Oregon State right now saying, you know, we had six teams in this league ranked in the top 25 last year. That's as many as the SEC had. Now, sure, we're losing a couple, but why can't Arizona State and Colorado with prime, why can't they get into the top 25? And we still have six teams in. Because Washington's finished it, I think it was eight. Oregon was in the top 15. Utah finished it 10. Um, Oregon State was in the top 25. I can't remember exactly where, but I, I remember that they were in the top 25. And then you had UCLA and USC. There were the other two of the six that were in there. But remember, we made a big deal of that. You had six teams finish in the top 25 last year. Yeah. So let, let's say we say, all right, we're going to share less of this pie. That means we don't need as big of a pie to feed us. We'll stay at the 10 members and we will... Find enough money to keep you all satisfied, but understand it's not going to be Big Ten and SEC numbers. And maybe they can circle the wagons and save this thing. You know, I'm I'm almost starting to lean more into believing they're going to save this thing. Yeah. Well, and and I do too. I I I just can't imagine. And I think, you know, John Wilner said this last week too, where he said it's still the Pac-12. It still is a huge name recognition brand. Um, I don't think Arizona State, Utah, Arizona are actively shopping themselves. And and I think deep down, everybody wants to keep this thing together. I believe that, that message they sent out. Deep down, nobody wants to abandon the conference. Nobody wants to get rid of it. Nobody wants to move unless you're USC and UCLA. Like I don't think anybody really wants to leave the conference but the longer this stretches out, and you're right, if if he's not transparent on how things are going, uh, and he's keeping teams in the dark, Ooh, then at some point that's explosive. Exactly, at some point your Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado and maybe some of these other schools have to look at each other and say, "Look, 
you know, we don't want to break this up. We don't want to leave, but but you always have to have your escape plan. Like yeah. you always have to have you're like, okay, worst case scenario, what are we doing? Yep. We don't want to do it, but what's our nuclear winter option here if if this thing keeps going badly and we don't get any updates yep. and we don't know where this is at and all of a sudden he comes in and says, "Hey, guess what?" Um, I, we've got a nice uh, game of the week on Ion TV right after, uh, right after head of the class and Golden Girls reruns. Like it's going to be great. Jeez, oh, yeah, he's. Oh man, I can't even tell you how important the leadership is right now in an effort to keep this conference afloat. Just to to know and have a belief and an understanding, and I. I do think that Wilner has a bit of an interest in the Pac-12, but I also think he's pretty honest with himself. Yeah. And if he had a sense that this conference was going to disband, I think that he would lean that way. You know, Scotty, I feel like one of the biggest mistakes the Pac-12 has made to this point is leaking or allowing any type of leak or promotion of San Diego State and SMU. Yeah, I think it showed a level of desperation that put the sharks in the water. I think that's like dumping an entire bucket of chum around you in the ocean and saying, well, let's see how this works out. <laughs> because every shark in the ocean is going to come feast on you and the chum. And yeah. by saying San Diego State and SMU, it was saying we don't have a hand to play. I don't know why they leaked it. I don't know why they allowed Dennis Dodd to do that story. Maybe Dennis picked it up on San Diego State's end. Maybe San Diego State was like, hey, Dennis, you owe us one. And what you're going to do is a full promotional piece on why we belong in the Pac-12. And, and maybe he ran with that because Dennis is, he is accountable and he is fantastic at his job. But that piece was horrible. And the idea is horrible. And it makes the Pac-12 look desperate and cheap. And, and I don't like it. Because if you just stayed with the 10, the 10 still have value in the West. Washington, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Washington State, and Stanford. They still have value yeah. in the West. Yep. You don't need to add a couple of dorks to that pool to try to hang on. that They aren't going to buoy you up. They are not going to stabilize you. They're going to take more of the pie than they bring to the table. And I hated the fact that they got promoted as the potential expansion or you know entrance for the Pac-12 because it made me feel like the Pac-12 was going to disband. But I'm starting to believe more and more they rein it in they stick with the tin, they shrink down the pie, they get enough money to appease, and then they look to try to feast later. Yeah. Stabilize and try to feast later. Because there's going to be parts of the Big 12, maybe the Big 12 gets feasted on. <clears throat> maybe the best parts of the Big 12 get get taken away. But the grant of right agreements that some of these conferences have entered into makes it impossible for them to leave in the middle of the night. Yeah. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans, it's kind of a downer conversation, so let's uh, let's cheer some people up, right? Yeah. Let's give away some jazz tickets. Let's do it. 
Call right now, 801-575-ZONE. It's a Team 49 Tuesday, 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Boston Celtics on March 18th at Vivint Arena. That's right, the Boston Celtics coming to town the one time a year they will, and if you want tickets, be calling number 12, 801-575-ZONE. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. Jeremiah Jensen walking into the studio. I think you want him in the lottery. I'm not going to sit here and try to rationalize the idea of being in the play-in and all that kind of stuff and being that being valuable experience for this mm-hmm. team. You know, if they earn it and they go and get it, so be it. Where this franchise is right now, and I think the, the decisions made at the trade deadline signal where they wanted us to go. Okay, let's be honest. And so let's, let's get there. I think it's all about the future right now. Uh, you have discovered some pieces that matter. Lowry Markkinen is an all-star starter. He can be a cornerstone for your franchise. I believe they still need a number one. I think Lowry is an elite two. Maybe you know. I, I, I just I think that if you want to win a championship, you need one more guy. You need one more alpha. It's unrivaled afternoons from three to six, presented by G Two G Bars. Perfect for anyone who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. On ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm down here in Vegas. Hans, you're up in our studios in Salt Lake City. I got to meet with the sales staff today. And people don't get to see behind the scenes the amazing sales staff that we have, Scotty, but they're incredible. And it was fun to sit down and hear them talk about ideas for potential clients. If you've ever thought about being a part of the Hanson Scotty show, now's the time to do it. Yes. We'd love to have you come on. Get on board before it takes off. Yeah, and Lloyd's <laughs> Lloyd's been looking for some flight deals, so Delta, if you're out there looking for some endorsements, Lloyd would love to do that for you. Absolutely. I don't know. I you get off that do not fly or no fly list. <laughs> yes, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Hey, uh, a bit of breaking news and what you may have missed, Scotty. And I'm so pumped about this. Finally get a chance to see Kevin Durant on the court for the Phoenix Suns coming up tomorrow against the Charlotte Hornets. Finally, Kevin Durant on the court for the Phoenix Suns against the Charlotte Hornets. That's coming up tomorrow night. Nice. He's been out with that MCL sprain going all the way back to the beginning of January. And he's been working out with Phoenix for the last couple of weeks, but the MCL's still been a problem and he's wanting to find his fit. And Phoenix isn't in a pinch to make the postseason like the Lakers currently are. So they've been taking their time getting Kevin Durant back. But he's had more time to at least practice and find his fit with Phoenix. And we get to see, is it going to be a fit tomorrow? 
I think that Kevin Durant is more of a fit with Phoenix than Kyrie Irving is with Dallas by a country mile. And I think Dallas has probably got themselves in a little bit of trouble. But Kyrie's on loan. Kevin Durant is to stay for a bit. Uh, yes, absolutely. You know, I, I went back and I was actually reading some interviews. Somebody had posted that that uh, Kevin Durant had talked about um, – Phoenix and a destination that he'd like to, that he likes to vacation there all the time. I think Phoenix has actually been on his, um, has been on his radar for quite some time. So not surprised actually in hindsight that he ends up playing for the Suns, but I'm fired up to see him play, man. I'm fired up to see it in action. Well, it seems like it's going to be a good fit. We were talking about uh, team positioning. Just asking the question, would you rather be in the Lakers position or the Utah Jazz position this yep. year. And Scotty and I both agreed that the Jazz are in a better position because LeBron just injured himself. We don't even know if the Lakers are going to make it. It's going to be a tough push for them to even find themselves into the play-in while they're waiting for LeBron to get back. Now, now they could make the push and Anthony Davis could carry weight, whatever. But the Phoenix Suns situation is really interesting, Scotty. Yeah. you got to go all the way out to the 25-26 season. So, not this season, not the 23-24, not the 24-25, but essentially out four seasons, three seasons, and then that final season. The Suns are still on the books, all the way out that far, at $160 million. Kevin Durant is set to make $55 million in that season. Devin Booker is set to make $55 million. DeAndre Ayton is set to make $35.5 million. Shamit is made is set to make eleven point seven million. Chris Paul does come off the books. That will be Chris Paul's first year off the books because Chris Paul's got two more years on his contract. But the Suns are locked to one hundred and sixty million dollars all the way out to twenty five, twenty six. They've got a huge financial responsibility. That can be a good thing. Where you got? Where you say, "Hey, we've got our core together. We've got our three: Aiton, Booker, and Durant. What do we, we got to do with the point guard? Paul's getting older. We can make some adjustments there, but we've got our big three locked down for the for this season and three more. And we just have to add some pieces together. Or if Kevin Durant headbutts with Devin Booker or DeAndre Ayton, or there's some issues, now you're in a three year nightmare." And you've got guys that are demanding trade requests, and you've got this and that and the other thing going on. So tomorrow plays a huge role in to see to seeing what the Phoenix Suns might look like for the next four postseasons. Really, with yeah. with Kevin Durant being a part of that nucleus now. Mm-hmm. Here's a another little tidbit of information, Hans. Uh, the NBA All Star Game here in Utah was number one in something. Per the league, this year's All-Star Game generated the highest arena sales of merchandise in All-Star history. So apparently, the people that came to the game bought stuff at the game at record numbers. (laughs) I don't know if that's something you hang your hat on or not, but hey. The uh, everybody wanted to get their All-Star gear. Everybody wanted their uh, their hat, their sweatshirt, their hoodie, their jersey. NBA and, uh, will hold their hat on that because isn't that all go to the NBA? Oh yeah, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than a bow tie and a pterodactyl, what do you make of this? <laughs> I don't know. 
a bow tie and a pterodactyl. Lloyd, did you pick up the movie reference? I, I can. I know Scotty. Oh, got it. like hold on, it's right there. I don't. I, I, I you lost me on that one. Oh no, you, no, no! I feel like it's right there. This? A bow tie, a pterodactyl, airplane. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. Man, you went back. Yeah, no, that's that you went is the seventies. That's that's old time, man. That's old school, man. Don't, don't you remember though? He's got that sheet of paper that's got yeah. the the flight schedules, and he hands it to the flight guy, yeah. and he goes, "What yeah. do you make of this? A bow tie, a pterodactyl?" And he flaps it. Well, anyways, uh, that movie doesn't hold up. Do not watch it. Uh, yeah, there's there's some shows out there that you know you thought, oh, that was funny, and then you watch it with the kids, like, ooh. ooh. Oh, hey now. I don't know about that. Yikes. Um, Scotty, are you going to be watching this Durant debut with the Suns tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, If I can, I will watch that for sure. Man, I think that this just really plays big for the future of the NBA. Just how how does he fit? Because if he fits, Phoenix might have themselves a group for a few years. Yep. Uh, it's a problem. It's a problem for uh, a lot of people in the league. I, and and anybody who sits there and dismisses it and says, eh, no, not that. It's not going to be that. No, it, this is a big deal. It's a huge dynamic shift if Katie is even remotely healthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I know there's a lot of people in Denver that's nervous. Sacramento certainly is nervous. There's a, Memphis has to be nervous. There's a lot of people that are like, uh-oh, our path just got a whole lot harder. Well, Denver continues to impress me and make me think that they probably are the best team in the West. They had a really great game the other night against the Clippers that went to overtime. And so the Clippers pushed them. They had an eight, maybe ten-point lead going through the third. And the the Clippers come back, outscore them in the fourth. They push it to overtime. And the Nuggets blew them off the court in the overtime. Outscored them fourteen to four in overtime, and on the court you got Aaron Gordon, uh, Porter Jr., you got Nikola Jokic, you got uh, Jamal Murray, and you got Contavious Caldwell Pope. That is a really dynamic, tough to stop starting five. What they're able to do in the postseason in bowing up defensively, we'll see. Testing their depth. We'll see if they can, because through the postseason, their depth is going to be tested. It's just, it's going to happen. At some point, you get somebody from the bench that's going to be called up, and he has to answer the bell for a, a very critical game. And we'll see if Denver can do that. But I got to watch most of that Denver Nuggets LA Clippers game, and Denver was spectacular. Yeah. And that's with the Clippers rushing Westbrook out on the court. You know that's that's Westbrook and his seventeen points and and five assists and five steals and ten rebounds. He he put it all up. He put those Westbrook numbers up. And you got Paul George who had twenty three points and Kawhi Leonard that had thirty three points. They shot fifty percent from the field, thirty three percent from three. That's the Clippers fully loaded, everything pushing. And the Denver Nuggets still outscored them fourteen to four in the overtime period. So I do feel like Denver is very present. I think that they are are very capable, but it's still the Kevin Durant experiment. I cannot wait to see it tomorrow night against Charlotte. Just how does he fit? 
Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Coming up next, um, we will have David Locke joining us at 1.30. So we're going to move up good, the bad, the ugly. We'll do that coming up next right here on The Zone. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.